Hey there, I'm Ian. And I'm Rachel. And we want to welcome you to our Building Contenders podcast. Here we share messages, sermons, and our weekly conversations to equip you to contend for the kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy it. Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, I have an accent, so... uh, Actually, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. Um, I am from Northern Ireland, part of the United Kingdom, and I speak the King's English. It's uh, strange to say the King's English, you know, because you know Queen Elizabeth lived a long time. There's something she never saw. Did she ever see the Padres win a World Series? No. (laughs) Just joking, all you Padres fans. So my wife and I, um, we have lived in the United States for 21 years. Uh, We've lived um, in Escondido for hundreds and hundreds of days. And... uh, yeah, we lived in Chicago and moved here. If you don't know that, we moved here two years ago uh, because uh, we believe God called us to be here, and we're still trying to figure out what that looks like and what it, what it really means. Uh, we, our ministry is called Building Contenders. You can go to buildingcontenders.com. Um, but one of the big things we do, and I want to show a little video here, one of the big things we do is we do this thing called the Daniel Company. Um, and I know some of you are part of the Daniel Company, and it's great to have you as part of that company. There's people from all over the U.S., New Zealand, Australia, the U.K. are part of the Daniel Company. So run the video. The time of the mystics, isn't it? We're rising as authentic expressions of what relationship with Jesus actually looks like in new creation life. The very heart of Daniel, even throughout the book of Daniel, was to point people to, to, to the Lordship of Jesus. And I think it is for such a time as this, I think what God is doing on the earth. Right, I believe that we all started out being aware of the unseen, uh, but it has been gradually taught out of us. My goal is to teach it back into you. Saying here's heaven's culture, and this is how I can grind heaven's culture. It's everywhere, it's everywhere. This absolutely insatiable appetite for supernatural reality. I do want people that can serve, you know, Nebuchadnezzar. I want people that can uh, tell the tell the kings of this world their dreams. I want people who are trustworthy, you know, with secrets of, of, of people. I want all that, but really is to see the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filling the temple. That, that's really what I want to point people to. It's really the heart of Daniel. Like the, the very heart of Daniel is, is to point people to King Jesus. It says in Hebrews 5, But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. Um, That's that's really discernment. People people tell me they have a gift of discernment, right? To distinguish or discern good from evil, right? They have your senses trained. 
It means you go to the gym with your senses. That, that's actually what this means. The word is gymnasio. You go to the, you take your senses to the gym. And the gym they went to with the, was this place the, called the palestra. And the palestra is where they actually wrestled naked. I did own uh, wrestlingnaked.com for a while because I thought that'd be a great promotion for the Daniel company, but um, I did. I actually did because I thought that'd be great. I, I thought of you know calling my second book Wrestling Naked because I want to get the point across that a lot of people think they have discern the gift of discernment, but really you've got the gift of hurt and suspicion. It's not the gift that it's not the gift that is the gift of discernment is a glorious thing that allows you to see beyond the natural into the supernatural. Right? You're seeing things that are unseen, not things that are seen. That's the gift of discernment. It's glorious. And and you know, it's I don't really enjoy the term seer. I know it happens a bunch of times in the Old Testament. It doesn't happen in the New Testament. And it doesn't happen in the New Testament because we all have access to the unseen realm. Every single one of us, it's not for the special people. Now, the reality is that some of us manage to move in it sovereignly because God just made a decision. But the vast majority of us, majority of us can actually get there through faith. Faith, right? Faith. There you go. Glory to God. <laughs> Although my American accent is a little bit between Texas, well, a southern accent and Midwest. So... I haven't quite got the California, no worries. I haven't quite, quite got that thing yet, down yet. But anyway, like just because we don't get it sovereignly, like we want the Shabbat. We want someone to lay hands on us and go, the power of God. And then all of a sudden we see who's for us rather than who's, who's against us. But the reality is that this has been trained out of every single one of us, most of us. Unless you've had the privilege to grow up in a, in a home like mine where it was encouraged. Um, although, yeah, I'll not go, not go there. <laughs> uh, but, but there are ways to train it back in. And I guarantee that each one of you have entertained angels unaware. I guarantee it. I guarantee each one of you have some insight into the unseen realm. But it's just you've never had your senses trained. And your senses trained. You know you don't have five senses, right? You, many do you think you have? Seven. No. Seven because it's the number of completion. And no, it's not. Some people say you've around 18 senses. Can I change this microphone because it's a little bit, it feels like it's cutting out. There's one here, I think, Eli, it's just, just to warn you that I'm going to try and swap it out. Check, check. That's better. So there's some people that, that, that say you've got 18 senses, not just five. Okay. Did I say something wrong? Because you're all like, I don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you have a sense of balance. Has anybody ever had a sobriety test? Like, stop by the cops and say, would you step out of the car? And what do they make you do? Like, there's all this thing. That's part of your senses. You have a sense of where your body parts are. You know, unless the Holy Spirit comes and you're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. You know, like sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit is doing is just moving on your senses. 
But we need to get those trained in order to access the, the sort of non-physical unseen realm. So that's what we do in the Daniel Company. And I don't know about you, but we need people that discern good from evil. Like we're in a season where we actually need people to discern good from evil. Not have a political opinion about something and enforce that political opinion on people. We need like godly discernment. Not, hey, I was hurt by a powerful man, therefore I'm afraid of powerful men. That's not discernment. That's hurt. That's a protection mechanism we have. We need people to discern. And I will tell you, James Gall, if you don't know who James Gall is, Google him and only read the good articles because he's an incredible man of God. Um, Googling anybody's dangerous. James Gall talks about knowing in his knower. You know, that we know in our knower. That's the sort of discernment piece that I know in my knower that what I see in the heavenly realm and the angelic realm at the minute is an anticipation heightening. Let me, let me, I'm going to read it out to you because I'm going to throw Bible at it just to prove there's Bible, all right? Even though my eyes are dim. Right, this is from Romans 8, and it's the message, which is Eugene Peterson's translation. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back, and God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Like the prophets are talking about this. The prophets are talking about like God is on the move and he might be like a little bit far off yet. There might, he might, you know, God suddenly can take a while. Don't know if you know that in your life. You know when you get that prophetic word and all of a sudden you think this is going to happen? God's going to give you, you know, God's going to give you a house. Okay, awesome. Where's the keys? Oh, 30 years later, God gives you the house, right? And, or God makes promises and you have to prepare for the, you have to be prepared, right? You have to be enlarged in the waiting is what Eugene Peterson says. But there is a joyful anticipation growing and we need people to discern that, not to discern what the enemy's doing. I honestly, you don't need to discern. I'll tell you what the enemy's doing. He's stealing, killing, and destroying. There you go. You're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. Honestly, God is good. The devil is bad. You, you might want to write that down because that might help you a lot, right? God is good. The devil is bad, right? There is no fellowship with light and darkness. Amen. So that's what the Daniel Company does. We're, we're training people. And the goal is you can do the Daniel Company or if you do the Daniel Company, then you can actually apply to train people. Just be a mentor and do all that. That's awesome. Any questions? All right. I feel I have two messages and I have 37 minutes. So which one will I do? 
Anyone for message one? <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> Use your discernment right right now. So we we were in we were in I, we take trip groups to Ireland every year, and we were in we were there in August this year, and like we've done before, we went to see the very first church that St Patrick planted, and the story of St Patrick planting the church is full of honour and full of wealth being used to further the kingdom. And that's actually the story of missions in Ireland itself, is actually honor and wealth being used to fuel the kingdom. Um, and what happened was Patrick went to be changed, or changed, went to be trained, uh, probably in France or somewhere like that, and was trained by uh, people that left the church in Galatia, most likely trained by, by the Galatian church. Uh, which was the most Celtic church in the letters. You cannot believe me or you can believe me, but the Irish are awesome. Um, and uh, so Patrick came and he came up this little river and he didn't want to be, he didn't want people to think he was a, a smuggler. So he came in the you know dark of night, which is probably when smugglers come. And his plan was flawed from the outside. And someone told the local chieftain, the local king, um, and the local king came down to investigate this smuggler and the king had these sort of like wolf hounds and sent them, you know, to go eat Patrick, to attack Patrick. And they went ferociously, the story goes, and Patrick did this, these are not the droids you're looking for, move. <laughs> like Patrick just, you know, in Jesus' name took authority over creation. Um, I would say if you're going to do that, also carry pepper spray. <laughs> so it's, not, it's not a lack of faith to carry pepper spray. But Patrick did the, you know, these are, not, these are not the smugglers you're looking for. And apparently the dogs just lay down at his feet. And of course the king comes and says, yeah, what? What's going on? And Patrick explained to him, you know, who he was, what he was called to do, and did, did he know Jesus? And the chieftain said, no. Patrick led him to Jesus and baptized him in the river. And the chieftain said, what's mine is yours. What do you need? And gave him the land and the money to build a church and a monastery. And it's still there. There's been a church there since the 400s. It's not the same church. The, the church that's there at the minute, was, it's really, really new. It was built around the turn of the 19th, 20th century. Um, which I realize isn't really, really new for San Diego, but it's really new for us. So, um, but even on the land, there's a, there's a, I only discovered this this year, and there's a little, like, old stone thing on the land, and I wondered what it was, and we've gone down and looked at it, and like, what, what is that? Well, it turns out it's the original, one of the original prayer cells. Crazy. Because there's this thing, and, and this, was, this was like a power encounter that led someone of influence and power to Jesus that converted the entire region, and his, he used his wealth to further the kingdom. Does anybody want to use their wealth to further the kingdom? Anyone? Does anybody have a word over that, like specifically a word over your life that you're going to build wealth and further the kingdom? Does, that, does anybody have that word? Stand up if you've got that word. Stand up. 
Like, don't stand up if you don't have that word. But if you've had that word, a prophetic word, that this is the mandate over your life, that you're going to build wealth, substantial wealth, and you're going to fund the kingdom, then I want you to remember buildingcontenders.com. Just joking. <laughs> let, let, me, let me pray over you. Let me pray over you right now, okay? So just, just be in a position to receive. And God, I just declare right now, I release from heaven all the things that have actually been promised and stored up for each one of these individuals standing. I just release it. I bind anything that has come against it. I bind poverty. I bind lack. And I bind fear, even in a season like this. And I just release from heaven to earth the bounty that is required in the name of Jesus. No more delay. No more holds up, hold ups. Lord, we want to do this before we die. We want to do this before we're too old to enjoy it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so that, that, that principle is really strong, that, that, that this history in Ireland is to build churches and monasteries. Of course, we have a vision to build a, a, a modern monastery here in San Diego. And the role of the monastery, the, the role of the monastery was actually to be incarnate in an area. It was a slightly different role than the church. But there was always that uh, in our tradition, in our history. And what the monastery would do is that they would, they would be a people called to a people in a land. And they would go, these, these monks would go and simply serve the people and the land. Now, now the land thing, I realize, can get very mystical. I realize that, you know... And I, just to be clear, if the word mystic freaks you out, it's actually, its origins are in the church. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was used as people that are trying to hold together the divine mystery of being fully God and fully human. And the mystery of our union with Christ, right? It's just based on that. It doesn't mean I'm like into runes or horoscopes or anything like that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the mystery of, of knowing an unseen God. Does anybody pray? You're a mystic. Right? Just to be clear, you're praying to somebody that most of us can't see. Right? Does anybody believe in reaping and sowing? Or sowing and reaping? Does anybody believe that? You're a mystic. You believe in mysteries. We can't explain these things scientifically or anything. <clears throat> so what we had is we had, we had people. Here, here's, here's, what, here's what monastery does. It, it's, in, it's an active engagement in what I would call displacement theology. That's a great, that sounds very grand, doesn't it? Displacement theology. And what you're doing when you're in the, what the monks would do is they would displace the elemental spirits in a land simply by being present and by being kingdom people on the land. There was no big marches and tearing down, you know, dominions and strongholds. and There was none of that. This was a people secure in their identity that moved into a land to love people. And all they did was they displaced elemental spirits. Have you ever heard the phrase elemental spirits? Let me read it to you. 
Because again, it's in the Bible. Somewhere. <laughs> this is Colossians 2, and I'm reading from the, the NIV, which is the Northern Ireland version. <laughs> so then, just as you received Christ, this is Colossians 2, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces. It's right here. This is elemental spiritual forces. It's not talking about principalities, powers, demons. There are elemental basic spiritual forces at work, and it's our job to not cooperate with them. Like if, if the best you can do is, is that, then just don't cooperate with the elemental spiritual forces that's in the, that are in the land. But we can displace them. We can actually, by being the people of God, we can displace them. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but God has chosen one nation to bring hope to the entire world. I'd like to tell you it's Ireland. It's not. It's not Texas. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> it's not the United States of America. It's not Israel. It's his holy nation. It's us. We are the nation that is supposed to be bringing transformation and hope to a world that is in chaos and fear, but instead we're being subject. We're, we're moving into an area, and instead of displacing the elemental spirits, we're taking them on. And you can tell me we're not, but we are. When we're running about in fear, we're taking on the elemental spirits. Listen, the elemental spirits, do you know? I didn't do this in first service, so. Like, well-known, a very well-known Jewish guy was asked recently, why do you not accept Jesus as Savior? And he says, well, it's obvious. In Judaism, the Messiah is a political figure. Jesus was not a political figure. Why are we still looking for a political figure to lead us somewhere? Can someone explain this to me? Why are we still making it every two years that if we get people afraid enough, we can finally get the political figure that's going to do something? This is anti-Christ. It's not neutral. And I, listen, vote whatever way you're, you know, the Lord dictates. I'm not taking away your vote. I'm saying in the kingdom, you don't get a vote. In the kingdom, there is a king and you don't get a say in what the king says. And we're supposed to be kingdom people. We're supposed to be not subject to these elemental forces. That the reality is that politics is downstream of culture. Culture is what we're going after. We're going after a transformed culture. But to be a transformed culture, we have to be a transformed people. It's that simple. 
we have to be transformed. Don't be conformed to the image and pattern of the political system, the culture of this world, but be transformed by the, by the renewing of your mind. It's, it's Bible. Oh, you know, but you know, no, no, there's one nation that's been chosen. It's the holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. And my goodness, we're peculiar. This is the plan. The plan is actually to, to displace the elemental spirits that are alive and well and, and affecting people. Listen, there is a... The problem with our culture is that we have removed God as the authority. We don't like authority. Listen, the church doesn't like authority. We get afraid of authority because someone once hurt someone that I knew who had authority and then, then it went all downhill. We're actually in complete rebellion of authority. Do you know that there is authority and order in heaven? <laughs> but what, what, what is it? There, there's this saying, do as thy wilt. Have you ever heard that? Do as you will. Anybody ever heard that? It's the backbone of some of the darkest philosophies on the planet. Just do what's on your heart to do, right? Just do as you will. And, and it's not from this place of like being selfish and harming other people. In fact, even Alistair Crowley, who's this great like occultist, and I mean real, real occultist, magic, all that, the Thelma religion, all that kind of stuff, like a dark character, has really influenced a lot of the philosophies that are out there. But it's based on this, hey, you do your truth. You do you. I would like to say that the church doesn't believe that, but that's actually not, not what happens. What happens is that most of us just say, hey, you know what? We disguise it as obedience. We just, sorry, I'm losing you, I know. We disguise just doing what's on our heart as obedience. I'm just obeying the Lord. Are you really? Because this, this is what I know is that, that, that Jesus actually said, submitted himself to Joseph and Mary. Jesus was doing what he was called to do in the temple. I'm doing my father's, my father's business, just me and the father. And Mary said, that's lovely, let's go home. And, he, and it says in Luke chapter 2 that he subjected himself to Mary and Joseph. But we don't like that. We don't like the fact that some people have authority, and then we bring dishonor into it. And we have this in the church. We have this, you know, and, and I realize I'm going after some of the elemental spirits in this region. But what we have is we have, you know what? We don't like the rectangular table. We like it to be round table. I like to have a say the way everybody else has a say. That's not how church works. That's not how church works. That's why we honor our pastors. That's why you're taking the QR code and actually donating money, not donating money. You want to bless the socks off them. If you want a bigger blessing, I will tell you, you need to bless your pastor, the leaders of this house. That is the only way that blessing is coming because the anointing runs down, it doesn't run up. The river runs downhill, it doesn't go uphill. Now, Chicago did this weird thing where they reversed the flow. I get that. We're, we were unique. We're unique just like everybody else. Um, like this is, this is displacement theology, is not being like them. Now, I get it. We're going to be outside the four walls of the church. 
The, like the purpose of the church is not, the purpose, the, the why we meet is glory. Like we worship not because God has an ego problem. We worship because of glory. We worship to bring the glory. This is why we're doing it. This is why Belinda's up here like throwing the glory all over you that she's doing when she's doing her thing. This is just like spreading the glory, right? That's why we worship. It's supposed to be the restored glory of the Lord's temple, right? And I don't mean this temple. I mean this temple. This is why we gather. We gather to get encouraged, to get built up, to actually get equipped to go and do stuff. We gather because we're part of a family. We gather because iron sharpens iron. We gather so that you can be offended and move beyond your offense into deep relationship. I'm here to offend you so you can actually move deeper. You're welcome. Anybody married? Anybody be married longer than a week? <laughs> okay, anybody be married longer than eight days? <laughs> right? You have to, if you want to go deeper, you have to be offended at them at some at your partner at some point. Like they have to be offensive and it has to be true and real and not made up. You have to be deeply offended. But at the minute, instead of like moving beyond the fence and moving into a place of honor and deep connection, we're abandoning it. I went to this church. It was fine. And then they had this Irish guy speaking. <laughs> Very offensive. Very, couldn't even understand 50% of his words. The spirit, the elemental spirits in this region are independence and isolation, and it needs to be broken by us tabernacling amongst people. Jesus said the word became flesh and tabernacled is the word. It's like he pitched his tent. Eugene Peterson says it like this. He says, you know, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Sometimes I like Eugene Peterson's the way he puts things, you know. Jesus just moved into your neighborhood, and he's going to be there, and he's going to displace everything that is opposed to Christ, right? He's going to, do you know the word gospel? Have you heard the word gospel? You know the word gospel was, uh, was actually a, a term that was used in society at the times? And it means, this is what gospel means, it means the proclamation of a victory, it wasn't like any other proclamation that happened. This was the proclamation of a victory, that the gospel of the kingdom of God is the proclamation of a victory, that we are victors, right? Every time you hear the word gospel, you should think victor, like going out and, you know, communicating the charisma, the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel is telling people you are more than a conqueror. I realize that we're in the middle of what we're in the middle of, but we are more than a conqueror. Let, let me read some Bible out to you because time is m chip, chip, chipping away. <laughs> we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed, right? For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory 
far beyond all comparison. And while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, we are concentrating where our eyes are fixed on what is above, not below. This is how we do life. This is actually how we fight our battles, is that we are focused on what is not seen. We focus on the unseen realm, and I'm telling you, in the unseen realm at the minute, the joyful anticipation of hope and glory and victory and conquest, and I don't mean military conquest, is growing and growing and growing. And what we have is we have the voices of the elemental spirits saying, be afraid. You should be afraid. You mightn't have a job next year. Okay, I'm not going to be afraid. I, I'm not going to be afraid. You know what? We could be in a Has anybody, listen, I'm, I'm older than 50. <laughs> I know I don't look it. But, but I used to, I did look it 20 years ago. So. <laughs> the, this is not our first rodeo. This is not our first election cycle. Where if we can get everybody afraid, then we'll get them out to vote and someone will win. And nothing will change. Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> you understand that prayer changes everything. Or maybe we don't believe that anymore, but I think prayer changes things more than anything else, right? Anywho, this is not our first recession. This is not our first housing crisis. This is not our first threat of any of those things. And do you know what's happened? We've done okay. Like we, we've, we've come through it. And we've come through it together. And we've come through the last three years together, despite everybody telling us you're going to die. You're going to die and you hit old people. And if you're traveling, you don't care for anybody in the world if you're getting on an airplane, along with the thousands of other people who are still traveling. Anyway. That these are the elemental spirits that we're supposed to be tabernacling with, not taking on. Do not be conformed to the pattern or image of this world, but be transformed with the renewing of your mind. There is a, there is a saying that a wise man said that if there's any area of your life that is not glistening with the joyful anticipation of good, it's under the influence of a lie. This is what my Bible says. This is what my God says. I don't know what your elemental spirit says, but this is what my God says, that we are going from glory to glory with increasing glory. And of the increase of his government and of peace, 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 there shall be no end, right? Isaiah, or as I would say it, Isaiah. So I love this. This, this is the people of God. This is the people of God speaking to their enemies, right? This is the people of God speaking to their enemies. This is not, be broken, you peoples, and be shattered. And listen, all remote places of the earth, get ready to be shattered. Get ready to be shattered. Devise a plan, but it will fail. State a proposal, but it will not stand. For God is with us, Emmanuel. Tabernacles, right? Emmanuel, God is with us. You know, I did this sermon one time on Christmas Eve about Emmanuel, and, and it was, I felt it was really prompted by the Lord. And instead of saying Emmanuel, I just said, he showed up. 
like when it was still dark, right? When, when it was still dark, it, he didn't wait until the sunrise to be risen. It said, but while it was still dark, Christ rose from the dead, right? He showed up. Can you picture in your life, can you go through every time that the Lord was Emmanuel in your life, that when it looked like everything was going to fall apart and go to hell in a handbasket, he showed up? Time and time again, right? You're at the, it says, again, Eugene Peters says, you're blessed. You're blessed and happy when you're at the end of your rope because there's no room for you to move and every room for God to move because he showed up. And here we are, we're running around being influenced by these elemental spirits of politics, religion, and fear. When all along we know that we're not gonna be shattered because God is with us. So good. Honestly, I'm encouraging myself. This is so good. For the Lord spoke, again, this is still Isaiah 8. For, the, for so the Lord spoke to me with mighty power and instructed me not, not to walk in the way of these people, saying, you're not to say it is a conspiracy. Imagine that being in Scripture. You're not to say it as a conspiracy regarding everything that this people call a conspiracy. And you're not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. The word of the Lord. If I was a good Catholic boy right now, I'd go, the word of the Lord. Right? That's, that's what it is. Because you are not to be in fear of what they are in fear of. This is the word of the Lord right now on whatever date this is in October at this moment. You can write it down and underline it. The word of the Lord for you is you're not to fear what they fear and you're not to be in dread of it. That you have a promise that God is with you. Emmanuel. No matter what they're talking about and hearing from these elemental spirits, it is the Lord of armies whom you are to regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread. <laughs> That's a good word right there. He shall be your fear, he shall be your dread. Can I just read this? This, this is from the, the English Standard Version, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but it's the only one that actually translates the Scripture like this, so I'm going to use it. Um, For I hear many whispering terror. Listen, to, this, is the, this is the season we're in, right? Because we're seeing things that are seen, not unseen. The unseen realm's fantastic at the minute. Like the angelic realm's going nuts at the minute. Right? Do you know what nuts stands for? Never underestimate the spirit. Right? Like the, the whole unseen realm and, you know, you, I, you only see what you focus on. Like what you focus on gets real, all that kind of stuff. If you want more training on it, come to the Daniel Company. Um, the danielcompany.info, I meant to say. So this is, this is actually what's going on out there. And for us, it's actually rising above what is seen to see what is unseen. Okay? And what is unseen, like I promise you, I promise you, 
God knows. Right? Before we even get there, God knows. Before we even came here, God knew what, what's going to happen, right? You're not a surprise. You know, this nonsense that people say, oh, they were, they were a little mistake. You've never been a mistake. You've always been a dream with a body wrapped around it. You've always been God's dream with a body wrapped around it. That's what he's got you for, for right? So he's always known, yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, you're going to have troubles. Yeah, but don't be, dis don't be dismayed. I've overcome. Fine. In this world, you'll have trouble. Don't, don't let it phase you. Right? So, terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him, say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he'll be deceived, and then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. Things are bad for this guy. Jeremiah, chapter 20. Things are bad, right? People like are coming. It's a hard time. Anybody ever have a hard time and they don't know if they can even continue? Have you ever done that? Like even standing feels really hard. When all else is done, stand. That's easy for you to say. Right? But I feel like I have been, you know, pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. Like I don't know where to go. I don't know what's next. I just don't know. And you're crying out to the Lord. And this, this is the promise for any of us that are right there. This is the promise. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. The Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Like sometimes you just need him to be there as more than your boyfriend that you're singing love songs to, right? Sometimes you need him to be there as a dread warrior. That when the enemy is coming in like a flood, they take one look of who's standing beside you and you go, oh, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. We, and some of us need that at the minute. We need the Lord to be our dread warrior. The one that's actually fighting battles for us. The Lord, our banner. The one that's actually fighting our battles for us. That, that we, just, we just need him to be there. there there's a... There's a scripture in Revelation 21, and it talks about the people that are not going to get into the kingdom, the people that are actually going to go to the lake of fire. And it says the fearful, a lot of translations, I think it's 21.8, and a lot of translations say the fearful will not, they're going to go to the lake of fire. It's not a great translation of the word fear, of the word they translate as fearful. It's better as fear mongers. Like those that are stirring up faith, or fear, those that are out there stirring up, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. It is anti-Christ. Stirring up fear amongst God's people where perfect love casts out fear, where you have not been given a spirit of fear. And when people are actually stirring up fear, and of course, we're wise enough to know it's not fear, it's truth. We're stirring up truth. No, we're not. We're trying to cause people to be afraid so that they respond in a certain way. It's witchcraft. The fear-mongering is witchcraft. You know what? You know, you're... Anyway, do you understand that the stock market dips because people are afraid? I don't understand much about it, but I know this, that it actually just crashes because people start to be afraid of the future. 
our job, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to displace the elemental spirits of fear and dread and isolation and independence and actually call people into something more. Call your family, call your brothers and sisters, your mothers and fathers, your cousins, your neighbors into something more because God is with us. God is with us. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when he lets me down. You know, there, there are people that sing that song, you're never going to let, never going to let me down. There's people sing that song hoping it's true. There are people that sing that song that have never dealt with the, 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 the disappointment that they have felt in life because they, they had an expectation of something happening. As God's people on earth, we got to be singing that song from a place of expectancy, not for a, from a place of expectation. We could go into that in a bigger detail. But when I expect a specific thing and it doesn't happen, if it destroys my expectation of glory, honor, power, dominion, then, then something's off. I need to deal with that disappointment. I need to be able to deal with that disappointment. Because I promise you, it hasn't been him. The heart of a good father is not to disappoint, is not to promise something. The, the problem might have been in the promise. It might have been in our hearts, whatever it is. But I will tell you, as someone who's been a Christian for since 1980, he has never, ever let me down. I've let myself down. People have let me down, but God has never, ever, ever let me down. If I've expected A, and it turns out it was B, it was better than A anyway. It was better than A could ever be. The, the reality is you don't even know how to dream big enough. You, you, do, you, don't, know how, you don't know his dreams for you. Like you're saying, oh my goodness, I would absolutely love to preach up there someday. And God said, actually, I'd rather you influenced kings. What if you influenced one king? What if you did that? That would be way better than having one preach up here. Right? So we got to trust his ways. And his ways are good. And our job is to go out here and get the hell out of this region. Get the hell out of people's mindsets. You're not being destroyed. You have not been set up for failure. I know the plans I have for you. They are not for chaos. They are not for calamity. They are not for catastrophe. They are for good. They are for good. That, that you know, I tell all our people, whoever our people are, that... John 10.10 10 is the verse of spiritual warfare. If you want a verse of spiritual warfare, John 10.10 10 is it. For I have, you know, for the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you would have in a life and have it in its abundance. The definition of abundance is this. You have enough for your, you have more than enough for yourself and enough to provide for other people. That's abundance. What do you think the enemy's afraid of? 
abundance. A people living from an abundance, an, an expectancy of abundance instead of lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack, right? I, you know, we, we had a school this week and some of you guys were there, but I, I think that one of the things that, that leaders in the church that come, leaders in the church come against most often is poverty, politics, and the fear of man. And that poverty spirit, you can smell it the minute you walk outside. You can smell it of people in stores. You can sense it, that it is this elemental thing. It's a very base thing that's going on. And our job is to displace that. And we're, going to, we're, not, going to, we're not going to do it with the weapons of this world. All right, our weapons are not carnal. What are our weapons? Let's encourage people. Like, you're, not, you're going to be fine. Like, let's be the fathers and mothers we're supposed to be. You're going to be fine. Like, poke someone and say they're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. In fact, that you're going to be more than fine. You're going to be exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. And if this isn't true, we should all pack up and go home. Right? If none of this is true, we should all just quit and just get into politics. That would be so much fun. And don't forget, we, we come from a nation that killed each other by the thousands over sectarian politics. And by sectarian politics, I mean, hey, you're not just that type of person. You're an extreme of that type of person. Where we start to not just define people by one political party, by, but, but by where they are in that political party, whether it's Republican or Democrat. That's sectarianism. It is a foul, evil spirit, and we cannot participate in it. I don't, I don't, listen, I realize that you, you, you choose your allegiance, but you can't serve two masters. That's not. So, Father, I just, I just decree and declare that we will not tolerate the threats of the enemy, that I bind every spirit of fear, every spirit of dread, every spirit that actually makes me not look forward to my wonderful tomorrows, that makes me dread the next year, the next two years. I bind every evil, foul spirit that comes against us, that comes against our hope, that comes against our joy. I bind them in the name of Jesus, and I release from heaven the full provision for this season. In Jesus' name, whatever has been tied up, whatever, you know, this supply chain thing was a physical manifestation of something that's hap that was happening in the spirit realm, that it was a physical manifestation of delay, of things being held back, just like uh, in Daniel, Yes, I'm obsessed with Daniel. Just like in Daniel when, when the prayer was delayed because he had to fight a battle. And so, with some of us, that supply has been delayed. And I just break that delay right now. And Lord, let the testimonies fly. Let the testimonies fly that this was the week. This was the week that everything changed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.